You put the doc together, you know what that means, you have to intro it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome again to Rumor Flies. I am Josh. I'm Ryan. Oh, look at the time. It's I'm still Greg. <laughs> and we're back again with a very special episode of something we haven't done before, even though it's kind of in the ballpark of movies and things like that. But we are focusing today, as you can read, on Hollywood myths. Now, I am the brainchild behind this episode. I don't really know how I came across this or what maybe come across this i think honestly if i had to pick one reason why i i went went down this rabbit hole was i heard greg's topic which i won't spoil what that is because i'm sure he had a good time explaining it and i'm not gonna shit on other people's topics because i'm considerate but anywho this is going to be another wonderful episode that we have uh, installed in store for you guys excuse me um before we get started does anybody have anything they'd like to bring up speak about plug Worship. Yeah, I would like to say that this episode is actually, you know, it's like a subgenre of movies. This episode should be called Hollywood semicolon. Sorry, this this should be called something like uh, movie myths semicolon Hollywood colon. Josh set me up. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm mad at him right now for what he did to me for this episode. I, but so- I'll just go into it. It's fine. It's fine. I thought I was going to get that one, and then it didn't fall that way. And, you know, that show it didn't baby. fall that way. You wrote the doc, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. I just snorted. Shut around the contract. Shut around the contract. That's Tinseltown for you. Oh, shit. Okay. Well. It's like I want to walk in the movies. Oh, oh man. Okay. So, la, 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 yeah, intro done. Let's do this, folks. I'll kick us off on this episode. And the myth being, uh, yeah, most cable companies don't make money. Now, it wouldn't be rumor flies if I didn't start this off with a little bit of a history lesson before diving into this. But does anybody here know the first television network that was successful? The name of it. Columbia Broadcasting. No, uh, CBS, right? Um, um, okay, Ryan, you want to take a take a pot shot? No, <laughs> I really. Columbia I Broadcasting. Have no Station. idea. I'm just gonna say, uh, let's see, uh, uh, not not PBS. Are you kidding me? They just fu- they're, they're aren't they like funded by the government? Public broadcasting system. Yeah, I would assume so. I didn't really. I've never really looked into it. I thought Mr. Rogers funded them. Yes, I don't think they make that much. Fact checker Greg's on the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Greg. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, go with... PBS is, funded, PBS is funded by a combination of member station dues, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, pledge drives, and donations from both private foundations and yeah, individual Yeah, they're citizens. running off of pledge drives. Citizens. I highly doubt that they're the yeah. first successful one, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... Uh, ooh, this one is hard. Uh, RKO never had a channel. Um... Fuck it, CBS. Yeah, CBS. Okay, both of you for CBS, and both of you are incorrect. It is the National Broadcasting Company, NBC, 
was in launched BC? in June 1947. And fun fact about that, it served the cities of New York, Philly, Washington, and the heart of America itself, Synecdoche, New York. I am only halting over time because I actually found the answer to your question. 15% of the PBS budget, basically the funding for PBS, comes from the federal government. Hmm. Yeah, what what percentage of Fox comes from pledge drives? <laughs> okay, all right. So just a short time later, since June 1947 is what I'm referencing, just a short time later, there were multiple networks as they expanded more westward, and we eventually have the array of television channels that we have today. Looking at the landscape of television, I'm sure it's surprised to nobody. Everything is about streaming. The days of having to tune in and watch the show right then and there, or else you miss it, that, that's just that's gone. I mean, even TiVo, which was revolutionary at the time, people who are younger than us, which you know is a lot of them, they don't realize, I don't think, that like TiVo was earth-shattering to my brain. You can record something on TV and watch it later. Like that, TiVo is completely useless now with streaming services and, you know, sailing the open seas looking for booty. You know, however you access, you know, you get what you get when you get it, whatever. But <laughs> hey, that right there. TiVo's uh, still good in case like you have a like some sort of like a uh, public access channel that you really want recordings of, like you have your favorite. Ch- I, okay, actually, I don't even know if public access shows still exist. Never mind. I don't think so. I'm shutting up. I, I don't think so, but I think... Yeah, you just start a Twitch stream. That's it. Well, that's exactly right. I was just going to say, you can Instagram live, TikTok live, whatever live, blah, 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 and you know, that's, I guess that's the same thing. I never really processed it like that before, but why not? Like, I see it as all equal in my eyes. But anyway, that, that right there, though, talking about TiVo and, and things like that, like, that is presenting the next problem as our watching capabilities evolve. So like we used to get television to have like a wide scope of options to watch, a multitude of channels, if you will. That was one of the benefits of having television is you can just, you know, channel surf. Channel surfing doesn't exist these days. Nobody know my kids don't know what channel surfing is. I, I honestly I can't even tell you the last time that I channel surfed. It's all about the demand right now. We want what we want right now we want to watch it right now no more bullshit and plus there's not there's just so many commercials these days and i actually did some research into this does anybody want to take a guess percentage wise in an hour of a cable network television what percentage of that is commercials in an hour usually do an ad i don't know it depends on the channel i I haven't watched actual (laughs) is it wait percentage or a percentage what is the percentage of in one hour that it is on basic, on basic cable, cable is commercials versus whatever show you're watching? 24 over 60. I'm going to, I, I don't know. I got it. I I'm going to go with but 24 over 60. I'm going to go with the uh, 25%. That feels wow. good. One of you, one of you nailed it and it wasn't Greg. Oh, <laughs> um, 22 I was thinking 22 minute per oh sorry 16 minutes damn it I did my math wrong 
22 minute programming, eight minute ads. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I see what you did there, but yeah, it's the like reason roughly, why I said that but I accidentally said 24. I, I said, sorry, I said 24, that, not 16. That's okay. That's why I You're up. a history anyway, major. We'll forgive you. So, but I did, I found it shocking Ay. that 20, it's about roughly 20 minutes for every hour. So 25% of watching TV is spent watching ads. And the number actually works out roughly that each consumer is worth about 23 cents per hour to the network and advertising revenue. So my per- question is then, um, was it always a 25% that Nielsen ratings? Or what? I put 25% because <laughs> that is an absurd amount of ad watching in general. Um, yes. But was it always that? Because like, I'm trying to think of like with shows like I, I obviously like, you know, cable media is not doing as well as it used to be. And I figured that they needed to kind of like bump up ad revenue a little bit. So I, I, I don't know. Like what do you, was it always that much? I never, I didn't really look into that, but my suspicion is no, and and I will get into that. But you pretty much hit the nail on the head that cable subscriptions are in the toilet. I mean, I think the number that I saw was like over the last, I think it was like the last thirty six months, Comcast is down almost a million people subscribers. I mean, a million subscribers, like it's, it's in the shitter. And oh no, again, think of the children. Yeah. <laughs> but but the flip side of this now is like knowing how much uh, each consumer is worth, you know, 23 cents. It's kind of weird to put a number on a person like that, right? 23 cents. But even just knowing that, you know, t- out of every 60 minutes, 20 minutes of it, or no. Hold on. 15 minutes out of 60. Would yeah, be no, I messed up that math. I can't math. Was I correct? It's no, 16. it's 20 minutes every hour. It's a third. Oh, it's so a it's third. 33. Oh, man. Well, I wasn't a math major either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No, that's that. fine. It's fine. So it's actually a in. third. That's <laughs> even fucking worse. That's even worse. It's a third. That's worse. Okay. Wow. 20, oh, two sixth is definitely not 25%. They're like, please turn off your ad blockers. No. And I'm like, yeah. no, anyway, fuck you. But that just, but see, that makes streaming so much clearer of an option, right? Now these streaming services, like some of them do have commercials or ads, but it's definitely not the extent of uh, cable television. I remember watching Hinton. And it's a choice. You can generally pay your way that's, out of the ads. That's fair too. But even if, like, I remember thing. watching Hulu and we were watching a show and it was like a 90 second commercial. And in my mind, and I'm like, dude, they got to yeah. like, or it's like, it's like 90 seconds and it's like five commercials or whatever the hell it is. It doesn't matter. But I was like, oh, you know what? I pay for this. Like, that's cool. It's kind of aggravating that they have ads. But then at the same time, like, I don't know, they got to make money too. Like, I get that. So I'll wait 90 seconds while knowing that if it was regular cable TV, it'd be much more than that. So. Anyway, moving forward, uh, just looking at streaming services, though, like they're really not doing that much better. Uh, Streaming services have become stagnant. And if you look at the stock prices of Netflix and Disney and HBO, like this isn't this isn't new news. And if you follow the stock market at all or technology stocks at all, you'll know that they're way down, like way, way, way down. They're all worth significantly less because a we're hitting a plateau and B, the stock price was kind of falsified because during COVID, everybody was getting it and it shot up. But that's a different conversation for right now. But my point being is that there is a finite number of people who are willing to subscribe and companies are finding out very quickly uh, what that number is. It's approaching in the very near future. So 
you know, can I, can I bring something that I think is really fascinating? I was listening to this great podcast called oh. Business Wars. I don't have an incentive. I just think it's a great show. Um, and they did this like, not, they usually do these kind of more narrative driven five episode things, blah, blah, blah. But they did this little special on streaming. And they were talking about the changing face of streaming. This was kind of a late COVID episode. You know, are people returning to the movies? Those kinds of questions. And one of the guests talked about how, let me ask you guys a question. What do you think is Netflix's biggest competition? As far as who? uh, Who do you think Netflix thinks about? Who is their rival? Who are they fighting every day? Hmm. I would imagine. Ah, that's a great question. Amazon. Amazon. It's it. It's Amazon, think, Disney, or, or Apple. But well, yeah, one of those three. Um, I would initially say Amazon just because of the fact that like there's a lot more properties that didn't get canceled after the first season, um, involved with Amazon. But that's kind of like few and far between. The second one that I would probably say is just Disney in general. Um, not necessarily Disney Plus because there's stuff like ESPN Go and everything. Like I would say Disney as a whole. So here's the thing. Why would a bunch of people who are losing or a bunch of companies losing money? Why would a bunch of companies losing money? Oh, wait, it's YouTube. It's really YouTube. care about the other. No, no. It's Fortnite. So what that's now? okay. Wait, no, no wait, 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 wait. Think about that's why this, I right? went. They're that's why competing. I went Amazon because yes. Netflix is getting into gaming, and Amazon Amazon Prime so, also has gaming. That's why I went that route. Wait, and also so, Amazon so I owns say, Twitch. I, I, I guess your logic. There you go. But the idea specifically is like they're like it's a broader statement about like they're competing for eyes with like video games specifically. It's not even just the Twitch streaming. It's not even just YouTube. Like that's a huge part of it, but. They're the background activity while someone plays yeah. a game. And it's a very interesting thing because they're thinking much more deliberate or much more narrow terms. Like we need eyeballs. We need literally people looking at our screen. It's very interesting. Anyway, sorry, just a little food for thought. I thought it was such an interesting insight about just like all these streaming companies. All we hear about is they're all having trouble making it work. Well, someone has to yeah. be succeeding. And the answer is it's not them. It's not. It's not. It's not the streaming as a me, as a mm-hmm. media platform, despite our consumption. It's they. They still haven't cracked the code, and it's it, will, it remains to be seen well, that they will. That's what's so fascinating about Netflix because when people don't think about this, but it's it's so true. There's one thing that Netflix has over every single company in the world that's involved in streaming. There's one thing that other people cannot touch and will never be able to touch that Netflix has, and that is data. Netflix has the data about streaming that nobody else has. They have their own variations of it, and I'm sure they pump a lot of money into it, but nobody has the longevity of data that Netflix has. That's what separates them and will make them successful. I'm sorry. That's what separates them and makes them appear to be more successful because they have the data to back it up and to proceed forward. Now, (laughs) whether they execute and what they do with that data, that's beyond me because they cancel every fucking show that's worth a damn, but that's... Yeah, no, that's neither here nor there. So, looping back here, circling circling back, you know, like we're in a conference call. Circling back here, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the next question you have to ask yourself about like these cable companies and things like that is how they offer streaming services as well. So like you have your Netflix, your Disney and things like that. But now Paramount Plus and CBS and ABC, they all have their own. Uh, NBC has the Peacock. So they all have their own streaming services. But now what else can they offer? And the kicker in all this is, yeah, that's right. They offer streaming, but they also offer the internet to stream as well. That's where they're making up the difference from losing customers and where people cut the cord, they're still keeping their internet. So that's how they're making this extra money besides selling their soul for advertising for, you know, some say 25%, others say 33%. I'll let you be the judge of that, but you know, I've had time per hour. But anyway, so um, what actually got me thinking about all of this was a very simple question. How in the fuck does the CW still exist? <laughs> I don't uh, know. One show that I have told y'all is the best show to watch. I promise I'm not messing with y'all. Riverdale has gotten so good. Just watch it. It's it's it is worth your time. I I will add it to the watch list. I'm on The Last of Us right now, and I am along. I'm here for the ride. Is all I'm going to say. But anyway, dude, I, all you got to do is play the game, and you know you're going to know how it's going to end, buddy. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm going to Ryan with this. I'm going to strangle him. Takes. I'm going to strangle him. I'm going to quit, and I'm going to strangle him and go to jail forever, and have three meals a day, peace and quiet, no children around, <laughs> and it sounds tempting some days. Anyway. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you appreciating that, Greg. Thank you. Uh, where was I? The CW. Okay, yes. I have never watched a single show on the CW. Not Smallville, not Supernatural, not The Flash or the Arrow Universe or any of that other shit. Riverdale, like some people suggest. But they keep producing more shows and they keep expanding. And the thing... I, so I, like, I sat down and was like, okay, like, what is it? What is the difference? How is the CW still alive? Because, you know, ABC has The Bachelor and Grey's Anatomy and NBC has the show and CBS has show. So like they got their like staple shows that people tune in for. I mean, hell, people buy Peacock streaming service just so they can watch The Office all the time. You know, each of these have something to offer, but... The CW doesn't have anything on that scale. They have people that, that that put eyeballs on their stuff because they're one of the bigger players, but they don't have anything to compete with these other other people. Certainly not HBO or Showtime or whatever. And then the thing that blew my mind is that the CW, uh, which started in 2006, yeah, 2006, has never, not once, never been profitable. Not ever, not once, never. That sucks for them, I guess. Well, anyway, uh, no, no, no. I, 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 I'm going to wrap it up here. Trust me, I'm, I'm getting through this. Okay, so one way they do make money is through advertising. No, no, like it wasn't that. It's just like I, I don't even hear a tiny violin for them. At the no, moment. no, no. But so, like, one way they do make money is through advertising, and uh, one thing they also do is they go into. Uh, they get like contracts or sponsorships, actually is the right word. They get sponsorships with people. A pretty famous example of that is, I believe it was Oreo was a sponsorship of Modern Family. And then Heineken was also a sponsorship of Mad Men. So like you got people that are willing to pay and things like that. But 
they all one of the things they also do is that even though they they lose money, they make these shows and then they turn them turn them around or they turn around and they sell them to Netflix and other streaming services. So the reality here is is that most cable companies as 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 far as you know general cable company they don't really make a whole lot of money the shows themselves don't really make a lot of money it's the advertising it's the sponsorships and it's the streaming which makes them some money because the streaming is kind of stagnant but the biggest business opportunities and avenues they make money is the actual internet the isp the internet service providers the isps and not all of them uh, are ISPs either, but they're all kind of lumped together in one way or another in some capacity. And that's just so, like, that's a real like mind blowing thing to me that there's such a monopoly on all these different aspects of our media. Boy, do I sound like a conspiracy theorist right now, but <laughs> I just never really connected all those dots together. So no, 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 no. Fuck you, Josh. All right. I know what you set me up for. I'm ready. <laughs> um. So yeah, like, most cable companies don't make money. It, like, what definition are you going for? As far as like the actual shows themselves, they don't really make a lot of money. It's these other business opportunities and ventures that they take uh, that actually well, makes them money. So, when you say sponsorships, do you mean like um, we have like uh, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory on the back of an M and M's package, or do we have Sheldon eating M and M's during the middle of a Big Bang episode? Yeah, Sheldon eating M and M's during a Big Bang it's episode, like the, or the like Michael Bay style, like Mountain Dew vending machine bot that just shows up randomly. Okay, yes. So that brings up something interesting in my thought in my head because number one, um, I will say, <laughs> really weird that we can actually act. You know what? I'm just gonna get. We shouldn't be able to advertise drugs, uh, like prescription drugs on 100%. TV, but we can. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, not important. Um, the thing that's weird to me is the fact that, like, say, Heineken being um, a sponsor of a show means that you can show a character drinking a Heineken during the middle of the show, yet in any beer commercial, period, you can never, ever show any of the people in that commercial taking a sip of said beer. Yet is that you can factual? just do it if it's a sponsorship. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's in the bylaws fit. You can never show any of the people drinking alcohol in the actual uh, commercial. However, you can have somebody drinking a beer in the show. So, uh, like, that's hmm. I, that's a loophole that I never considered. Uh, Jamie, Greg, look, I mean, uh, Jamie, me right damn it. Uh, Greg, look that up. <laughs> hey, can, oh, my God, I hate you so fucking much. Uh all right, so give me give me the give me the way basically you want to uh, are beer are beer companies allowed to advertise people drinking beer in their commercials? Because we know like Dom Draper was throwing back Heineken's like it was nothing, and you you, you see all these different shows where people are pouring themselves a nice little three finger pour. Yeah, I mean I know it's not actually alcohol, or whatever, but the you know whatever you see people drinking. While you're at it, can you look up that video of a rhinoceros trying to figure out how a speed bag works? <laughs> Okay, so this is this is a I, I, first source. First source. Um, actually, I see two of them agreeing on this. There's no government regulation that says they can't show it, but they have all agreed in a self-regulatory oh. move in the same way. The MPAA is the product of Hollywood, so it's a it's a way of them kind of keeping their own lid on, so the government doesn't bother them. Ah, self-regulation. That's safe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> for right, it. So I was wrong. I'm fine with it. That's cool. All okay. Right. Ryan. But Josh, 
I like the breakdown very much. Um, last thing I'll say is within all this talk about, you know, ad revenue and everything, um, I want to say, I want to remind everybody of the golden age of internet watching things. And that was watching anime in three parts per episode on YouTube before YouTube gave a shit about the content that was on their, uh, their platform for the most part. And I'm not going from just like the free speech thing. I'm just saying like, I just liked being able to fucking watch Death Note and like, you know, one episode, part one, part two, part three of episode two. That was fun. Um, the real ones, no. Anyway. Uh, okay, so here's where we go um, into a completely different thing where, Josh, I'm going to say you wrote down pretty much does the Paramount logo represent Mount Hermon and the stars represent the fallen angels? Josh. I'm mad at you. <laughs> okay. You don't know how many ad blocker notici- <laughs> notifications I had to deal with. How many times my uh, malware detection pinged me from having to dig into this. I <laughs> let's just get into it. All right. Okay. So, so wait, number wait, wait, one, wait, wait, I, wait, I'm not even going to. Let's I'm, set, let's set I'm, this up. Let's set this up. So we're talking about the actual. Paramount Pictures logo, where you know when it comes on the screen, yes. it's this, it's it's a pullback, and it's the and it, you see that, the mountain, you know, with the peak, uh, and then you got the the stars. I believe it's twenty of them or something like that. I know there's a specific number, and then it's got you know the Paramount Plus or Paramount logo. Excuse me. The way I I, I came across this was that the mountain is uh, Mount Hermon. And the stars represent the falling angels, and this is all based off of the Bible. Mount Hermon is in uh, Syria. If uh, my you know research has like proved me right, <laughs> Google originally says it's a mountain in Asia, but I would like to say it's in Lebanon. I don't even want to ask. Have you guys heard of this? I want to ask you, Josh. Where the fuck did you get this topic from? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you, man. I want I don't remember if you specifically. Say TikTok, I'm going to floor you next time I see you, all right? I'll find a way, all right? I'm pretty sure it was off of TikTok. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's what the kids are watching. We're going to have to jump into it. I'm not going to give a extremely concise in Ryan's own words thing. I'm just going to find one of the very f- uh, many Facebook posts that I saw referencing this. So, like, this okay. is, like, but it's a real thing that people talk about. Like, this wasn't some, like, I don't know, like, little niche thing. Like, this this gained some traction, if I'm correct. Yeah, wait till my conspiracy rant at the end of this. I've been out of it, Josh. I was out. Just when I thought I was out, you pulled me back in. I'm just going to go to the bottom of a uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 paragraph Facebook post that just kind of like um, encapsulates a little bit. And I have a couple of different variations of it, but this one's kind of like the nice, um, I guess, uh, what would you call it? Condensing of it? Here we go. However, a pet theory was made that the logo starts off with the 22 stars falling and coming down from the mountain, which symbolizes the Watchers, in parentheses, fallen angels. And the mountain represents Mount Hermon, where the, uh, or Mount Hermon, I don't know, uh, why say it in a Spanish accent, uh, was the mountain they landed on. 
Why 22 stars? <laughs> 22 of the angels are named in the Book of Enoch as the conspirators of the pact they made on Mount Hermon and to corrupt humanity and create abominations. And I have a, a couple of other ones that look like they come from AboveTopSecret.com. Oh, boy, this is going to sound like a big oh, rant man. right here. Let's oh, see what man. this is. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's quoting Enoch 6, 1 to 6, and it came to pass when they showed blah, 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 blah. There's a million names listed here, and they're talking about Mount Hermon. The boil down to this is that the Paramount logo is actually a nefarious... Um, I don't want to say satanic off the bat because nobody comes out and just says it. But the idea of fallen angels is that these are some of the cohorts of Lucifer when he fell from heaven. And um, eventually, at one point in some parts of the Bible, which I will get to, there were the other angels that came with him. And some of these were called the Watchers, which uh, had a bunch of subdivisions. And eventually these Watchers ended up uh, mating with the inhabitants of the Earth, which are humans, which made something called the Nephilim, which are known as giants. There is a lot of extra lore to this that I really don't think is worth talking about. If somebody wants me to rant about that in a Patreon little short uh, land, yep, sure, I can do that. But long story short is that these are the fallen angels that supposedly landed at Mount Hermon, and that is the portal to a nefarious um, source of all evil, a Pandora's box of the Bible, if you will. Um, where do I start from here? The idea behind the 22 stars, because there are supposedly 22 watchers, according to modern lore. And um, where should I jump off from this? Guys, do you want to, like, put any input in here before I start taking it apart a little bit? No, I'm, I am, like, I am locked and loaded. I am ready for this because I want, I, yes, buckled, I am buckled up. Uh- I just need to take this apart. This is very similar to, um, do you, I think we may have talked about this on the show at one point. Do you guys remember when we talked about uh, Monster Energy Drink? Yes. About like how, yeah, and, and like <laughs> Hebrew text, the symbols on the Monster Energy Drink, the claws are actually sixes in, um, I think, uh, the Hebrew script. And it makes 666, and then it's the mark of the devil, because when you turn it upside down, it looks like 666. Bottoms up. There's a famous video online. This is like, I think, the same group of people that really ascribe to that. However, I, I'm, I'm gonna just hold. I'm all right. I'm hold this up. I'm hold this out a little bit. So, do you want to hear the actual history of the Paramount logo? Because really, it's not that complicated. Um, the deepest lore of it is that um, there was a meeting between uh, William Wadsworth Hodkinson, also known as W. W. Hodkinson, uh, who was also known as the man who invented Hollywood. And I'm pretty sure Thomas Edison would get mad at him from, you know, hearing that. <laughs> um, but it's fine. Cause both of them are dead now, but this guy lived in 1971. He was born 1881. This guy was like, he was 90 years old. He, he had a good span for a while. I'm imagining how much of Hollywood he watched happen. He, so if I'm correct, he got to see Hollywood A form B be like he got to see Citizen Kane happen, and then what was a famous like what what's a big hitter before 1971 or even at 1971? It wasn't Jaws. I'm trying to think because he got to see technically modern Hollywood to some degree. He got to see past the golden age. You said 71. 
Wait, he saw 2001 fucking happen. Yes, he, he did. He saw the moon landing. Jesus Christ, this guy saw a lot. Wait, you okay. said you said 1971? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, okay, I was about to be like, uh, The Godfather, but Godfather was 72. Yeah, he saw a lot happen. Like, he saw a lot of Hollywood happen before he died. And he, number one, he was the uh, co-founder and eventually the president of Paramount Pictures. Big surprise. So he is responsible for um, making the initial drawing of the mountain and the stars in uh, the original Paramount Pictures logo, which has survived to today. Um, supposedly, it was a meeting between him and a guy named um, Adolf Zucker. And this is supposedly uh, reminiscent of a mountain known as um, ben Lomond Mountain in Utah, where he grew up. Oh, okay. It's not for sure. There's no canon. There's no. There's no like record of him saying it. But most people speculate. I guess they're just crazy enough in the film industry having an oral history. Uh, it's supposedly Ben Lomond Mountain in Utah. Uh, there's nothing concretely solidifying that, and also nobody's been able to like go out to a certain place and get the right angle of Ben Lomond Mountain and like show, yeah, this is the one, because he supposedly doodled this on a napkin and eventually became a logo that was made. It was tightened up uh, by Adolf Zucker. Um, and for the history of this, originally the mountain logo started in 1914, and from 1914 to 1917, this actually had 29 stars on it. Now, why it was 29 stars, I can't succinctly tell you. Oh, I know. I have not been able to find something. Oh, wait. Never mind. Okay. I don't know that part yet. I do know, I do know something about the stars later on. I'll see if you get to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so I know what you're going for, and I'm about to get to that. Okay. So from 1917 to 1967, the greater logo, I'm not talking about like the silhouette one where it's the blue thing that you see usually in the yeah. title scripts. I'm talking about the one you see on like prints. Um, from 1917 to 1967, it became 24 stars, and they started to give a little bit more detail to the mountains. They got rid of some clouds and stuff. But the reason why it was 24 stars, it was because of the 24 actors that were signed to Paramount Pictures for a bit. Um, this is in canon why they did that. And then eventually, after 1967 to the present, it dropped down to 22 stars. And a lot of people say it was just kind of reduced clutter, but it wasn't because there were 20, 22 actors assigned to this. It was kind of like just a paring down, I think, more for efficiency and to make the logo look, once again, less cluttered. Um, Josh, do you have anything to add or subtract to that? That no, that was exactly it. it. It had something to do with the amount of actors that they had under contract, and I never knew if they like removed stars if they terminated a contract or anything like that. But but um, <laughs> yeah, I I did know that part. I don't know why I knew that or where I learned it from, but I do remember that. So that tracks. So we're on the same page there. If we're going by what the conspiracy theorists are saying, um, which oh, is just a very special, special part of uh, conspiracy theory is like esoteric Christian conspiracy theory. Um, there are a lot of people that can dive into this way more than I can. But the long story short is they would pretty much be basing off of the 1967 to present uh, version of it with 22 stars. And they would be saying that supposedly something happened. You know what? I'm just like strip skip straight to it. A lot of the things I saw this went straight to it was the Jews. But like um I I don't want to get into that this episode. We've done it too many times. Um 
it's not that it just changed in 1967. I even saw like I tried to go down the path of just like, okay, if I was that, what would I think? And yeah, it was based off of like an immigration act in 1965 that they said that that started. So apparently the Illuminati took over sometime in the 60s, and that's why Paramount changed to 22 stars. Hmm. However, when it comes to this type of um, even debunking of that, so that's the straight up history of it. We have an explanation of why it was 22 stars and then why it was 24, and then the 29 is still kind of in the ether. But once again, the 22 is the only one that they're worried about. Um, let's go into that. So the idea of the uh, fallen angels or the watchers that eventually made the Nephilim coming down was based off of mainly, and it said it specifically in a couple of variations of it that I saw. There's always like little tiny tweaks that came from the book of Enoch. Uh, Greg, I think you might be a little bit more um, indoctrinated into Catholicism or like Bible no. history <laughs> Wait, what? as me. You had to take a couple of Bible history classes and you, and you had some like weird teachers at my school because we went to the same school that may have we talked had about some weird fucking teachers. Did you know anything about like the Nephilim or the book of Enoch or anything like that? Nah. Okay. So have you even heard the term of like Nephilim or giants or anything in some sort of like um, Judeo Christian theology in any sort of sense? Now, I'm just trying to get a gauge of Honestly, no. I, I, I'm very ignorant of that side of things. Okay. Uh, Josh, also, feel free to just jump in as well. Okay. If, you, if anything's jumping out. Greg, are you aware of the term apocrypha? Yes. Apocrypha is essentially the official way to say fan fiction, and they put a big stamp on it, and then that is not going to the Bible. It does not go into the Torah. It does not go into the Talmud. It does not go into the Quran, anything like that. A, a famous Catholic example is the Gospel of Thomas. And the Gospel of Judas and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. The there's Gospel of Judas. there's yep. several yep. different ones. These are all actual, like, not faked books of the Bible or anything like that. They were contemporary. Not canon. They were contemporary with a lot of other books, but they would say it is not divinely inspired. And um, every one of those things that I just listed, um, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam have their own version of Apocrypha, where they are books that are referenced, but they are not necessarily considered to be divinely inspired and should not be taken as, well, gospel. The Book of Enoch is probably the most famous one that people don't even realize is the most famous one, because like even stuff from like Dante's Inferno is like based off of that type of stuff, where a lot of people... like usually go with like paradise lost or Dante's Inferno when they're quoting stuff about the Bible and realize that that was like an author that we can actually identify, but he just got so wrapped into it that a lot of like, um, I guess pop religion references it, but doesn't realize that it's not even from the Bible. It's not even from the Torah, the Tao, anything like that. It's just, it's not even Apocrypha. It is actual fan fiction. Apocrypha is the old ones where we can't actually identify the author, but the church leaders figured that it was not sufficient enough to be included into things that are referenced as from God or whoever. Um, the Book of Enoch is this one. It's the one where all the stuff from the giants come from. There's also the Book of Daniel, but this is the one where like the specific watchers come from. Now, that being said, there in the Book of Enoch were at least 200 Watchers that came down, and they say that it was 22 uh, leaders of the Watchers. There were 22 different tribes, and they all had a leader, and that's what the 22 stars was. From everything I've been able to find, please, 
Hit us up in any way you can. Ruinflies at gmail.com or ruinfliespodcast at gmail.com. Sorry. Twitter. Um, yes, or Twitter. Ruinflies Twitter. Um, every reference I found, there's been about 21 angels. So this thing falls short even in that thing. They, they, I don't know how they managed to fit in 22 because the other thing I saw was like 13 or 14 at best from the different books of Enoch. Can so I, can that I, falls apart right there. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. my very limited knowledge of this, because there was a point where I was like scared to death and worried about the apocalypse and end of the world and stuff like that. And I remember coming across like, I remember reading parts of this book and I remember that it was 200 fallen angels, but they were, they were like 20 captains and so it was like ten people, like per group, and you had twenty captains of the of each group. So that's that's where that number came from. So it wasn't even it wasn't even twenty two. It was twenty, from what I remember. My memory could and also be from completely most sources, wrong. From most sources, I looked up. Uh, they're they're called the Grigory is the name of it, which is just the Greek word for um, I think like some sort of like pretty much depiction. Fall. That's how the Greeks re- reference to it was uh, the Grigory were the fallen angels, and. Uh, Number one, uh, yeah, the the most I was able to find was 21 named of those angels. Yeah, yeah. Number two, um, this is the more important part. This is fucking apocrypha. If you're doing this whole Christian stuff, a lot of them try to like stick to the book and everything, go by the Bible, and a lot of them say, oh, according to the Bible, there were this many. No, it's not in the Bible. None of these people were in the Bible whatsoever. This never made it to print whatsoever in the Bible. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's no even like Greek trans- original translation. There's no uh, Aramaic, Hebrew, or any sort of original translation from this book. This is a translation of a translation, pretty much, that got to us, and it's not even near canon uh another thing is that this book is widely apocrypha in almost every sect of judaism or christianity and i didn't look into the islam part but i'm pretty sure it's that too there are a couple of ethiopian sects of both christianity and uh and judaism that actually ascribe to the book of enoch um and that's because it's only Ethiopian languages, essentially. That's the only thing they can find the original text in. Hmm. And that's the only thing they can reference. So if you're going to like stick so much to the Bible, at least make sure it's in the, the Bible in the first place. Uh, lastly, uh, it just... This is like a crazy thing because like a lot of the times with these like esoteric Christianity type of things, um, they use what they see fit at the time when they're referencing something. Uh, and it's just really frustrating from a viewer like from like a sense of view that like anything's convenient when it agrees with what you want to say in terms of the uh posit of a theory that you want to have at the moment uh it's it's really frustrating seeing that just being like look there's like so many different layers from this number one you got the actual factual thing of like the modern times wrong with the logo then you got the whole thing it's not even in the bible and then also it never was in almost anybody else's bible in the first place i'm not trying to put down any of the ethiopian sects or anything like that but i guarantee that most people that are putting this out on like you know the american uh internet in general or even like uh the uh, western internet are not like generally ascribing to the ethiopian sects of christianity or judaism it's just like you're just 
reaching for straws right there and it's i agree so 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 annoying josh fuck you for letting me uh like go down this hole and uh yeah Jesus moving Christ. on to the next topic all right oh shit. i love you josh well i think we all learned something valuable today thank you ryan this is your fault <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on, moving on, moving on. Next topic. Uh, Back to the Future Part 2 predicted the 1997 World Series. And there's actually, I've, I've seen this before or, or heard of it referenced before. And it was always Back to the Future, but I always assumed that it was Back to the Future Part 2. Because in Part 1, they go backwards. And then in Part 2, they go forwards. So I just assumed that it was Back to the Future Part 2. But... I don't know, whatever. So uh, anyway, in Back to the Future Part 2, there is a scene around the 22-minute mark where Marty McFly sees a projection of a holographic sports news uh, broadcast saying the Chicago Cubs have won the World Series. They swept uh, uh, a a team from Miami, and then this prompts Marty to buy a sports almanac to take back with him in the past. So I, I, like I said, I went back and I rewatched this film, and so this scene exists. It is a major, major plot point of the film, but I... I, I do have to say that there are some inconsistencies in what uh, actually happens in, you know, 1997 and beyond. So first, the film opens up with Doc, Marty and Jennifer traveling back to October 21st, 2015. So right off the bat, this makes this completely false. Um <laughs> <laughs> They're going to 2015. Why the hell would it show? Would anybody get that it was the 1997 World Series? So, boom, check that off. That this is false from the get go. Secondly, the hologram shows the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series against Miami in a sweep. Except we never get the name of the Miami team. There is a a Gator shown as the mascot on the screen, and I I, I would assume that the movie is claiming the Cubs sweep the Miami Gators to win, but Miami has a baseball team and they're they're the Marlins, not the Gators. They're the Miami Marlins. And not only that, the Marlins were originally the Florida Marlins until 2012. And then, they, well, it said, yeah, in 2012, they dropped uh, Florida Marlins and became the Miami Marlins, even though they were playing in Miami, yada, yada, yada. They decided to, you know, take the name Miami Marlins instead. And the Miami Marlins or for, former formerly known as the Florida Marlins baseball team did not exist as a franchise when the movie came out. They were an expansion team that began in 1993 as the Florida Marlins and then they eventually became the Miami Marlins in 2012 like I said. And so they this baseball team wasn't even real when they made this prediction. So, I mean, if you want to tell me that it predicted that Miami would have a baseball team, sure, but let's not also forget that one of the major markets in any sports franchise is more than likely to have a multitude of sports teams in basketball, baseball, football, a lot of yada yada yada. So, but let, let's wait. Go ahead. Is this is this a self fulfilling prophecy? Like somebody, somebody in Miami was responsible for the baseball team. Was like, hmm. Well, I saw Back to the Future recently. <laughs> <laughs> it gave me an idea. Yeah, no, like if you want to go that route, fine. But when you look at the sports landscape, all the major markets are it's Boston, Chicago, L.A., New York, 
Miami, and like like those are the five big ones. I mean, you have other ones too that are big, but like those and Philly, like those in Boston. Like outside of that, it none none of the other franchises compete as far as like the market goes or whatever. But let's just throw all logic and explanation to the side. Let's just say the movie just threw a huge pile of shit at the wall and wanted to see what would stick. Let's just say it actually meant the 2015 World Series instead of the 1997 World Series. Well, the 2015 World Series was played between the Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets. So, that's not even true. This has gotten everything completely wrong outside of saying Miami would have a baseball team. Now, I did look for an origin for this, and it's actually very easy to discern. See, the Chicago Cubs were playing in the National League Championship Series, which determines who the team is from that conference that gets to go to the World Series. So in 2015, they were playing, the New York Mets were playing the Chicago Cubs. And as if you remember from, you know, moments ago, the Mets were in the World Series and lost to the Royals. So the Chicago Cubs lost. Now, maybe what I would assume happened, and there are instances of it, is that there's news articles written. It was a marketing ploy. It was fake news to draw attention to the Cubs fan base and get them drunk on hopium, which is another reason why the the Cubs were picked to win the World Series in the movie, because they hadn't won a World Series since 1908. The fans were looking for any sort of justification of, uh, uh, this is our year. I don't know, you, you can't see the air quotes, but any disillusioned fran- sports franchise is always, oh, this is our year before the, the season starts. And there there's a famous backstory that I won't get into, but basically the Cubs were cursed since 1908, and they never won a World Series since then. And, you know, th- this was just a little poking fun at that. Um, and, and one last little tidbit uh, that, you know, could also be a form of re- revisionist history is that the Cubs actually did win the World Series the following year in 2016. So maybe as so we got they, they won in the, they won in the Marty verse in that year. That's the thing. It's like I, I believe that's what the situation. Well, OK, is. so here's the, the thing. Somebody oh, the Marty verse. So, so wait, here's the thing, though. Uh, October 21st, ni- uh, 2015 is where they go in the film. Baseball playoffs are played, specifically the World Series, is played at the end of October. So when it was very deliberate that it picked that time frame because that's it would be that season. So you can't go back and say when the season when the Cubs won. They played in October of 2016. So you, there's no way of just going back and saying, oh, no, 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 Back to the Future meant the following year. No, it's all wrong. It's all fucking wrong. It got everything wrong outside of Miami being a baseball team that exists now. No. <laughs> Incorrect. False. Throw it in the shitter. No. False. <laughs> that's it. Doing okay there, buddy? I just don't like that shit. Like, <laughs> I think it's cool when a m- movie does that. And, like, I, I'm I'm cool with, like, fans being, like, looking for any sort of reason to be like, oh, this is our year. You know, Marty McFly predicted it. Buh, 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 buh. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, dude, it didn't do that. Take the time to go back and watch a great film and enjoy yourself. Don't, don't do that. All right. So, Josh, um, in rebellion against you for what you did to me for the first topic, I decided to make my own because I like it. Um... <laughs> We're going to talk about something called a took. Does anybody know what a took is? Bob. Yeah, I took a shit earlier. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and skip even asking Greg what he was going to say. A took is known as the curse screenplay that has killed several actors. Any actor that has even read it, as a matter of fact. I'm going to tell you the story about this little thing. 
Um, a took was based off of a uh, satirical book uh, called The Incomparable. A took, and then it was just shortened to a took. It was um, written as a screenplay by Todd Carroll, but it is based off of uh, the book by Mordecai Rickler. And this is the story about a uh, half Canadian Inuit, half. Uh, oh, that's a weird put said. This is about a um, Canadian Inuit man who was a, whose mother was a Canadian Inuit, and then who also his father was a missionary um, that grew up uh, on the Fabin Island. I think it's one to say. Yeah, sorry, I said this one. Who grew up on Baffin Island in Canada. And this particular character was found by a reporter who he was wooed by and was taken in New York. So a fish out of water story. Eventually, he learns to make friends in, in New York. He eventually becomes like, a, it's kind of like the Inuit version of coming to America. I was literally about to say that. Yeah. Um, the, I'm just giving you the TLDR of the script. Uh, long story short, um, he meets the woman's boss who ends up like trying to make commercials for his development of this like emerald city that's going to be in like the Canadian North, uh, right where this guy used to live, named Atuk, and yada, 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 as he makes friends, learns how to go to zany places like nightclubs and everything, uh, he eventually makes friends with uh, this land developer's son, and then after he makes friends with the land developer's son, uh, He's, the son starts to show some reticence of what his dad's doing, but eventually the dad convinces him to, uh, convinces the took that is, to join in for making commercials about this development company. Then took eventually learns that he's planning on destroying like so much of the actual natural uh, wildlife and uh, much of the ecosystem in his homeland. So then took eventually goes to the board of investors, convinces them that, no, I'm not doing this anymore because you're destroying my land. And then eventually it all wraps up into being like this nice hoity-toity lesson about, you know, respecting uh, people's land and not having to develop on it. It's like a very well-trotted over thing, but add the coming to America aspect to it. It's kind of like a Fern Gully meets Crocodile Dundee in a certain sense too. Like Avatar. But with a little bit more of an ecological so thing to it. Dances yeah. with wolves? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very well-trotted over thing. Um, however, it seems that any actor that got tapped for this script ended up dying. Um, this includes... John Belushi, who was the first person in 1982 to read the script, eventually died from, well, a lot of conspiracy theories say that he was killed by somebody, but long story short, he died of a drug overdose. Um, Sam Kinison, who actually made it onto the set and uh, actually halted production on the first day and succinctly got fired. Uh, Sam Kinison also died. Uh, also, apparently Sam Kinison is a terrible person to work with. Uh <laughs> This also includes another actor known as Sam Kinison is a legend of comedy and anyone who's interested in the history of comedy should watch some of his sets, but he is also a very complicated problematic, if you will, (laughs) like most comedians, (laughs) he had to put it politely. He had his demons. However, the next, uh, the next uh, actor that was tapped for this and actually read the script was a man named John Candy, who was pretty well beloved and kind of went down with a, as far as I know, relatively untainted, uh, I guess, persona in the media. 
Um, but he died in 1994. Look, uh, a heart here, attack. Here's the thing about John Candy. Anybody that can lead the Jamaican bobsled team to, you know, the Olympics. Oh my God! <laughs> all right, some my book. people. This, you know, they say we can't believe Jamaica. We have a bobsled <laughs> team. Um, but additionally to John Candy, he said that his good friend and also SNL uh, frequent uh, Michael O'Donohue also read the script and similarly died in 1994 um of i want to say he died of a like it was a thrombosis or it was a uh it was an embolism uh he had lots of like killing like very very bad migraines um but he ended up dying from complications of that um and then we got two more the next person, do you want to guess who the next person that died was after reading this script? So far, we've got John Belushi, Sam Kinison, John Candy, Michael O'Donoghue, who was not um, actually tapped to play a Tuck, the lead role, because um, I'll get to that in a second. But he'd also read it. Do we want to guess who the next famous comedian to die after reading the script was? Don't tell me Chris Farley. It was Chris Farley no. in 1997. No oh shit. Oh, my God. We got one more. Do we want to guess who the last person of this curse as of now was? So here's the thing. I, I'm going I'm to pause you right there before I give my guess. I'm thinking of typecasting with, with all these individuals because they're all a speci- like they all fall within this yeah, yeah, specific I'll, I'll, range. I guess that just you're getting it. You're getting it. I don't think you're going to get this, though. Um. OK. OK. Hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to think. Uh, no. Williams. No. Uh, though that's a good poll, though. But I'm trying to think of somebody that died uh, back then. Okay. I will uh, say it's it's not Robin Williams. Robin Williams is in like the deeper canon of this that I'm not going to touch on. A lot of people may ascribe a touch to Robin Williams' death too. But I'm not focusing on that one. Oh, damn. All right. Look at me. Um, <clears throat> no, I don't know. Uh, uh, you already said Belushi. You already said Candy. You said Farley. I mean, those are the heavier set yeah. physical actors. Uh, I, I see the theme. I'm just trying to think. I mean... But uh, is it your boy? Um, not um. Oh my God, Boston comic. Um, have you said he did some of The Office? He died. Um, Patrice O'Neill. Ooh, good poll. Uh, Princess Diana. What um, is it? I'm just thinking. Jesus have you said Christ, that, comedians? <laughs> um, no, it was actually Phil Hartman. Who, oh, um, oh, that's that's a tragic wow. one. Wow. Would have not would not have would not have pulled that one, but wow! Oh my god! I, I, Famously, oh, that's sad, and that's very sad. Unfortunately, died in a murder murder suicide involving his wife. Um, so, long story short, this very, script very has sad. a bad rap. So, after uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman's untimely death in 1998, apparently, a lot of the um, producers of a took decided they just wanted to pretty much uh, do a recall of the script and lock it up and just not touch it again. Um, so you guys are not very familiar with this, I'm assuming? Uh, no. No. This is but fascinating, this, though. This does sound, this does sound a little bit creepy, though, right? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those where, okay, as somebody who doesn't necessarily, um, ascribe to curses most of the time, I will say that it's, um, it's, it's a little bit creepy, but when you look into it a little bit more, I cannot say, once again, this is what I wanted to say with, uh, the whole thing with the Paramount logo, there's a whole lot of things of just like, well, you know, some things do match. There is always going to be some sort of avenue to switch to, to 
continue whatever path you want to keep going down in terms of your line of thought. Um, this isn't even conspiracy theories. With Google and everything, you can always try to like game the search engine in some way that will reaffirm what you believe. It's not like trying to quote unquote do your own research. We've talked enough about that. It's more about like just confirm my bias. That is something that you can do. And I think the internet has made that much easier to do where anybody can have their own little microcosm of truth um, in heavy quotation marks. I, I think, and I think a good this point. This is one of those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I, I think that the, you're right, though. There is something about, you know, reaffirming even just like specifically like Google searches, how you can manipulate things to like better fit what you're looking for your narrative like for instance i don't search big booties anymore i search bigger booties better results oh ho, ho, ho. so long story short is there is nothing i can do to just say like no these people did actually have something to do with the production of a took at some point in time and all these people did die some untimely death no this is creepy um, this is legit creepy like the the it may be all circumstantial, but like the way that it all lines up, I mean, that's crazy. However, what I would like to cap this up with is uh, two particular different points. Um, you're going to go with certain biases for things. I think both of you are really picking up on this pretty fast as I was saying it. Um, what did most of these actors have in common? And this isn't me being mean or anything. It's just... What do these actors have in common? No, I just it's it's, it's he heavier, heavier set, set comics. I mean, I don't I don't I don't want to no, be indecent. No, just like I, heavier I set comics who all it. probably had drinking problems. And a lot of their and and they yeah hard hard drug and uh, alcohol users. I, I, uh, but definitely Belushi, Farley. definitely Candy. Oh, Farley, yes, Far, Farley. Farley yeah. <sighs> but I I I just hate to be so indecent about no for stuff. sure I mean, for sure. It's it's definitely it was their shtick. It was part of their comedy. Well, like even aside from the overweightness, a lot of them went fast and hard with the Hollywood life. Um, Sam Kennison actually died in a car wreck that I, if I recall, pro don't quote me on this. Probably coked yeah. out of his mind. So I don't think it was directly his fault, but he did die in a car wreck eventually. And, and, and like the story of him dying, I recently looked it up. It's kind of like horrible. And uh, uh, we, Not that like any story about somebody dying isn't horrible. Let's absolve yeah. Phil Hartman from that too, because I don't, I mean, he was a family man and I don't know a whole lot about yeah. that, that, but like I, I, have read a lot about Chris Farley and things like that. And th this definitely fits that mantra. Um, first off, uh, I'd like to say this. There's a chance that Sam Kinison didn't even really read the script that much because he showed up. He said, I'll read it when I get there, according to Hollywood legend. And they did do a day of shooting. However, as soon as like, apparently he may have read it may or may not have read it. He stormed out onto the set and demanded pretty much an entire rewrite of the script. So, um, to more match his character. I'd also like to say that I don't think that any of these people really match the description of anything that's in my head of like a half Inuit, half European missionary of any sort in Canada, whatever. It's fine. Um, I just, it's kind of, <laughs> many people necessarily fit the bill. I don't even know who would fit the bill for the, for the most part. But anyway, um, they were going for more heavy set people in general. So much so that um, one person that worked on a took, uh, Mady Walker, um, a writer who was shopping the script around town. Um, I'm quoting from an article. Um, she said this quote, 
I interviewed every fat actor in Hollywood for the role. The problem with this curse story is the script has also attracted a number of actors who are still with us, such as Will Ferrell, Jack Black, John Goodman, and Josh Mostel, as well as one comic, Jonathan Winters, who lived to a ripe old age, I think almost about 90. Also, there is a rather obvious point the actors who died early lives rather than unhealthy lives... Sorry. Also, there is the rather obvious point that the actors who died early lived ratherly unhealthy lives like it, it's pretty much everything we had just said just now yeah it was a whole bunch of combinations of things like um it's not like there aren't a lot of like there's always typecast actors and stuff i'm sure there are a lot of obese actors out there but in terms of obese a-list comedic actors I don't think it's as normal as like any other type of one that you would like do for a rom-com or say like a, an action movie of any sort. Mm -hmm. There is only so big of a list compared to a lot of other demographics in like the Hollywood uh, sphere. So, I mean, I would say this was a list of coincidences because it's just a lot of unfortunate things. And also I'd like to say this, Sam Kinison died three years after the whole incident with him walking off the set and having to deal with like getting sued by uh, the company, the production company for this. So I'd hardly consider that to be related to the curse. Usually it'd have to be like within like a year maybe yeah. of having read the script, which was the case for Belushi and Candy and O'Donohue um, and maybe even Farley at that point. But like also I'd like to point out that like every actor has a couple of different things they're juggling in the ether at the same time. Um, there were two unfinished John Candy productions at the time he died. I think there were two for Chris Farley, um, like posthumous releases of anything. We all know that Chris Farley was in Shrek at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, it, there's just like, there's, it's not uncommon for there to be a lot of things going on for an actor that they are tapping at the same time when it's happening. Um, but what I would like to put the peg in this for is because there is another cursed film that all of these people were supposedly involved in. And it is something that is a little bit closer to us. Um, are you both aware of the book known as Confederacy of Dunces? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, yes. There has been a long-running um, attempt to get the Confederacy of Dunces made by, uh, you know, in, get somebody perfect for the lead role of Ignatius Loyola. Um. See, I, I've always heard that like that movies and flow. I wasn't sure how real that was. So you looked into that a little further. Wait, it's not Ignatius Loyola. I'm thinking of St. Ignatius, aren't I? Shit. No, it's um, Ignatius Riley. Ignatius Riley. Ignatius Riley. Ignatius Riley. I am so sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, that's uh, my schooling that's tapping in there. But yes, um, so there was another movie, Confederate Dunces, the Confederacy of Dunces that was trying to be made. Very famous. Um, asked uh, David Flora and uh, Annie also on Quiz Quiz Bang Bang. Um they know a lot about that movie or sorry book. But anyway, long story short is that the people that were tapped for this movie were also John Belushi, John Candy, Jonathan Winters, Chris Farley, Will Ferrell, John Goodman, and Jack Black. Almost the ex identical same cast pretty much. And do you think it's just like which one killed them? Was it Confederacy of Dunces or was it a Took? Mm. Uh, and also, once again, the writer of this, um, Todd Carroll, he in 1999 flatly using almost all the same reasoning as me just said, no, there's not a curse on this and everything. We didn't silo it because of that. It's just like 
at some point you can only try, 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 and then if it stays in development hell for so long, it just gets killed. Yeah, and not to mention, so I don't know, like most films these days, it's not like a all right, it's written, let's cast it, let's screen it, you know, let's start shooting to get everything together. All right, movies made, get it out. Like it's it is a very a long, long, long process. Like for instance, uh, the movie by Martin McDonough, the Banshees of Sharon. That movie, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell both agreed to do over seven years ago. Seven. Yeah. And it just came out. And like, I'm trying to think, I'm trying, I I was actually, I didn't get to find it, but I'm going to keep digging into this, I think, of looking up how many recasts happen for a certain role. Like, I want to find the top role in Hollywood that was recasted so many times until they landed on somebody, whether by just like how many times something fell through or because of deaths or because of conflict scheduling and everything. Um, There are so many different like uh, tappings that happen before it even gets like public of like who is the official cast. For instance, I thought that... um, uh, uh, what's his name? Who's playing Cassian Andor right now? Um, Diego Luna. He Diego he Luna. was supposed to play uh, Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four movie in the MCU. Now it's apparently been switched oh, over to Adam. Now it's apparently Adam Driver, and that was in a span of two weeks, and I was already like outdated with that shit. Mm. So like it just um, there are a lot of like supposed things that happen that just don't follow through. So I don't know. I just. Really, I'm going to say either this, either that there is no curse or there is a dun-dun-dun, rumor flies first, a double curse that killed all of these people, (laughs) but only half of them because we're still forgetting, uh, you know, Will Ferrell, Jack Black, and John Goodman. So, uh, yeah, any questions? No, that's awesome, though. Like, that that's really, it's really creepy how that all lined up, but yeah, that's, that obviously makes way more sense. Yeah. All right, um, moving on. Josh, do you want to wrap up this episode? Sure. All right, <clears throat> let me set the stage for you real quick, and I, I won't keep you guys too long. So the date is August 8th, 1996, just outside Nova Scotia. Cast and crew alike were hard at work to finish up uh, all, all the shooting for the day. People like Bill Paxton, James Cameron, and many more were trying to be done with Nova Scotia and move down to the warmer weather of Baja, Mexico, uh, where a massive, massive reproduction of uh, a certain film was uh, rebuilt. Uh, I'll get that in a second. It was waiting for them to finish all the filming. But the crazy part was how things ended that night. Uh, It is believed that James Cameron was standing in the middle of the set when all of a sudden he started feeling very, uh, quote, suddenly and very very distinctly woozy. And then before long, as time kept going, crew members were conga dancing and were racing wheelchairs against one another through a hospital corridor. Now, this kind of seems all out of line and those two things don't seem very connected, but oh, rest assured, dear listener, they very much are. See, the rumor goes that one of the cast members or crew members or just someone present on the set of uh, filming Titanic laced the chowder with something, and that something was PCP. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get ahead of this. This was true. This actually happened. A hundred percent factual. Oh Jesus! And the scary thing is that you know there's really not a lot of secrets in Hollywood. Things are pretty well known and word travels a lot and you know there, there's really not a whole lot that's be able to be able to be kept under wraps i mean 
I was just going to say a spoiler for a certain Marvel movie, but I'm I'm not going to. But nothing's kept secret anymore. That's all you're just going to have to to you know go with. Anyway, uh, the crazy thing is though is that we are 20 years removed from this, and nobody, nobody has been able to unmask the culprit. Now there were more than 60 people on set that day who did eat the chowder, and. Uh, what type of chowder do you ask? I'm glad. Thank you. Uh, some say it was clam. Others say it was muscle. And then the police report says that it was indeed lobster. Yes, a police report was filed. Uh, once again, nobody knows anything because, well, they were all high on PCP and nobody could remember. So multiple people were taken to the hospital. In fact, most of the people who ate the chowder ended up going to the hospital and that's where the shit show unfolded people were dancing some were crying some were vomiting some were breathing in and out of a brown bag uh and you know james cameron got stabbed in the face with a pen shit happens right so uh in the end everyone came out you know on top no more scathed than they were before but the Halifax Police Department investigated the matter for two and a half years. They even executed a warrant for the Department of Health Records and got a list of every single person who worked on the set. But after two and a half years, so like in 1997-ish, somewhere around there, they ended up closing the case due to a lack of suspects. Now, I'm sure there is one question on everybody's mind. No, the answer is no. Leo... Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet were not on set that day. So they did not get their food laced with PCP. Um, But I do want to uh, go reference a vice article where her name, this woman is name is Marilyn. Excuse me. I do want to reference a vice article where this, this, uh, woman who worked on the set, Marilyn McAvoy, she was a standby painter on the set. And, um, they, they vice asked her about, uh, everything, you know, that went on during then. And they asked her about, you know, what was the chowder like? Because she was one of the victims of, of having her food laced with PCP. Uh, and I quote, the chowder was unbelievable. People were going back for seconds. I really thought about going back because it was so good. And I think that was part of the problem. People ate a lot more than usual because it was so delicious. Interesting. So um, I, we, I make light about this. I figure it was like kind of a lighthearted way to end the episode. But uh, everyone, don't <laughs> lace food uh, and give it to other people. That's a no. It's kind of like, you know, um, uh, adult brownies. Everything in yeah, life is Yeah, you know, like, don't do that kind of shit. That's not cool. But, um, I mean, everybody, they laugh about it now. They all still think it's quite funny that it happened. Even James Cameron, who got stabbed in the face with a pen. So, if they can laugh about it, I can laugh about it. But uh, it's pretty crazy that... I, I This has to be one of the craziest fucking things we found out was true we've ever I, had on this show. I mean, like, I was just quiet during this whole time because I just thought... I, I completely wrote this off. Oh, n- I, I saw this topic and I went, okay, that's a dumb thing that we probably should have filtered out, but... Josh says it's a good one. And <laughs> no, I'm straight up, dude. I was just like, what a stupid topic. Like, it's, there's no way it's real. <laughs> you know, it just sounds so outrageous. But I'm like, Brian, do you think, I mean, this has to be in the top five craziest things we've covered. Like, uh, uh, I, can you even, can you, this isn't the, this isn't a whitest kids you know sketch, but can you just like eat PCP? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about don't PCP know. to give an opinion. I'm just saying that's crazy. 
But like Josh was sitting here, I don't know if y'all heard me typing, but I was like pulling it up and there's like eight articles talking about this and they're all interviewed. They're like, oh yeah, we were all messed up. And like Bill Paxton was super sweet, but like other people were vomiting and crying in a corner. Bro, there's okay. a Vice article, okay. there's a Vanity wait, wait, Fair article, there's a New York Post article, there's an Entertainment Weekly <laughs> article, very there's an AV Club article, there's a Vulture article. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Can you, can you recap? It's crazy. Because like, can you tell me who did it and was it confirmed that it was PCP? It was confirmed. It, no, no. I don't know who did it. It was 100% it was PCP. PCP. So they went to the hospital and they thought it was all food poisoning. So they deduced that it was somehow the chowder and they made everybody who ate the chowder go to the, to the hospital and they were trying to pump their stomachs with charcoal and James Cameron threw a fucking fit because he said it tasted so bad and you know, he was high as a kite. He was literally laughing hysterically like, when he was stabbed in the face. He thought it was the funniest thing okay, ever. Okay, that sounds like that sounds like MDMA was put in there. That's not like uh, that's why I'm, like I'm doubting PC. Like, okay, so PCP isn't like literally the whole you eat your the nearest person's face off next to you type of thing. Mm-hmm. But like that sounds like an MDMA trip of some sort to me. Like just just judging by a description, I don't know. That's I I mean that's crazy that it even fucking happened i just like want to know more you know now okay i i will say man go go ahead hold up okay you know how in dr strange love there's the whole thing of just like oh yeah let's film the goofiest version possible and then we're gonna do it a little bit more serious or something like that man what if like they did titanic instead we're like okay one day on the set we're going to like film every scene that we do rolling our asses off and then we're gonna do the serious scene after that and then just work from there that would have been so much better Oh, um, I, I do need to mention. No, okay. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, I remembered something and I didn't want to lose the thought because I thought of it and I had to go back and reread my notes to make sure the old woman was okay. She was eating at a restaurant. Yeah, Piccadilly, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Uh, the, I, I did want to bring this up though. Um, James Cameron claims he knows who it is. He, the- he says that what? he is pretty certain he knows who He's did it. He's the person that's most. What? No, go ahead. I'm just I'm flabbergasted. I think he'd be the first person to like snitch. So so, but here's they 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 fired a crew <laughs> member the day before because they were creating trouble with the caterers. So like they were getting into big spats with them. So they they just shit canned him. James Cameron's like, get off my set. So they so he says that he thinks the poisoning was this individual's plan to get back at the caterers. Uh, so, you know, oh, and the caters were fired the next day, so it actually worked, but, you know, he uh, thinks that, you know, that's why, the, it, that's who did it, and that's what happened. He never released who it was, but... Okay. Yeah. So, let me get this straight. James Cameron thinks that the guy that was having trouble with the caterers and definitely know who he is and was fired the day before, and the caterers probably really liked that, was able to get into crafty around the caterers and just fuck with the food without the caterers knowing or reporting or I noticing mean, or anything. Not nah. I, I understand. I understand. I'm just I'm just relaying the message here. But but when you when you get real simplistic about it, the fact that an individual was able to lace chowder with PCP on you know up until very recently the most expensive film of all time <laughs> and got away with it is pretty pretty mind blowing 
Oh, no, okay, so... I'm not gonna say props to him, but that's my everything but murder mind right there. I'm just like the whole, just like man, how did you get away with that? That's almost impressive at that point. But yeah, I I, I, I disavow. Oh man, I figured I figured it was uh, it was best to end on a, on a lighter note with that one. But yeah, that is uh, that is our Hollywood myths for this episode. Um, is there anything anybody wants to bring up before we close it out? Yeah, I'd actually like to say uh, it wasn't the Titanic that sank. It was why. actually the USS oh. Olympic, and it was uh, it was actually uh, a faked uh, thing. Uh, it was an insurance. Pro- uh, I'm not going to go into any more conspiracy theories <laughs> with the Titanic. All right, there's no film with the Titanic that actually exists. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And for those who are wondering, um, I did not do a topic tonight because of how meaty these bad boys were. Okay. Well. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to this episode of Rumor Flies. For that, I am Josh. I'm Ryan. And I'm Greg. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is a member of the Educated Mess Network.